0: it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Cheeseheads. Cheese Get on your feet. It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath.
2: A.C. Sparky Fiber, 1250 a.m. The fan and beautiful, lovely Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our guy Jacob Morley joins us now. We're filling in for Ryan Horvat here uh, this weekend uh, with Packer Report, 24-7 sports. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. You know him for all of his great NFL draft work that he does year in and year out. And uh, he was on fire going into the Packers draft this year, calling them one after another. Uh, and he was our draft guy on uh, the Wendy's Big Show uh, the last year we did the draft uh, and did a great job there, too. All right, so let's first start off, I guess. Let's go back to the draft a little bit, and now let's look at where we're at. Is there anybody that you looked at when they drafted, thought one thing of, and now that you've seen the reports or games or whatever, to this point of Packers training camp or exhibition games where you're like, okay, I think maybe I was, my read was maybe wrong on that, dude.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll give you two. Um, The first one would be Jaden Reed because he's someone that I liked. I thought he was a good player, kind of thought like, ah, he's, he's kind of your typical, you know, slot-only type guys, and, and, a, and a good one at that. Um, but I had a fourth-round grade on him, and he's someone that if you followed along like we do, especially for the receivers, we do the tiers, tier one, two, and three. Right, And the Packers typically love going after those tier one type guys, and it's a bunch of athletic measurables. Um, you know boxes you got to check but then there's also a production score that's in there that's and that RAS score or whatever they say that's how so the the production score and this goes back to like ted thompson if you look at jordy greg Devonte, james jones was like this uh in some sense christian watson they they were all really productive in college uh like Devonte, greg and jordy at least at one point in their career, they're like top three in the NCAA in receiving yards in their college career. And then they hit all the athletic measurables too. So they like those guys, you know, that check all those boxes and then get the production and all that stuff as well. Um, and Jaden Reed was someone that throughout the whole process, it's like, man, here are the benchmarks for what they like as an, at, at, at the athlete, as an athlete. And he is like, the average of all of them. If the bar was here, he was right there on almost every single one of them. So I kind of wrote him off as like a tier two type guy because he was a little bit light. Um, But man, I wish I wouldn't have. And because especially now you look at the way he plays and what he's been doing. He's someone that I really liked, you know, liked out of Michigan State, thought he'd be a good player. He looks like he could be a star. But it wasn't Christian Watson love like you had two years ago. No, no, not like that. Not like that. And I mean, and they got, and both those guys look like they're on the fast track to, to being really, really good NFL football players. So when it comes to wider, there are certain things that the Packers are really good at. One of them might be evaluating quarterbacks. They might be better at that than everybody. We'll see. Um, but one thing for for certain is they do a really good job with their wide receivers and what they like. And there is a theme. And if you could give Goody some truth serum, I would wager to say if I'm not if we're not close on that formula, like if we're not spot on, we're really close. Um, so uh, that's something we take pride in. But and the other guy is Sean Clifford. My no, goodness, don't, don't do it. Don't be well, one I'm of those not gonna guys. say he's he needs you, to be the starter or anything did like watch that.
2: Him. You did watch him at Penn State, you know the choke that that
1: dude is in big games. Don't, don't do man. it, don't. Well, hopefully do he doesn't it. ever have to. So, here's, here's the thing Ugh. when I say Sparky, when I say he's impressed me, I mean, I didn't think he was an NFL quarterback, I didn't think he should have been in a camp. After physically, he's Penn got State. the tools to play physically. Did he at Penn State? I don't know. Like he always, he always had a live arm, but man, that ball was everywhere. And you go, you know, what was it? Was it Parker Washington, the, the wide receiver out of Penn State? Um, he, uh, he, uh, was a guy that you like, but you're like, man, I think he would have been better if he had a better quarterback. Um, (laughs) and uh and all that so um i don't know so those are just two guys that to me have really have jumped out uh, you know and been impressive on top of a really impressive draft class is what it seems like uh so um so yeah those are two guys uh, that i'm excited to see i'm excited to see Jaden reed in the regular season and i'm excited to see sean clifford again next year in the preseason i want to
2: stay draft focused a little bit here. We'll get into training camp practices. We'll get into Packers, Seahawks, confidence Concern, Curious, all that stuff. But I got Morley. So I want to stay a little draft focused. I've I've seen some conversation on social media going, uh, already looking at next year's draft and saying, well, they're going to have two ones if Rodgers plays 65% with the Jets, which everybody hopes happens, obviously. They're not bashful about talking about that in Green Bay either. Uh, So if they get two first-round picks, do they take an offensive lineman? with one of those two first-round picks because that's not been a goody thing uh, to this point. And if you are going to move on from Bakhtiari after this year, which I think they will, uh, if you're going to trade Bakhtiari or do whatever it is you're going to do, then you have to figure out left tackle and right tackle. Uh, Zach Tom is a guy that can play kind of everywhere, it seems, right now, but I don't know if he's a left tackle, per se. Uh, but then you've got Walker, who they're liking what they're seeing from him, that gigantic mammoth human being. Uh, that you can put in there. I guess I'm just not as sold. And based on early mocks, there's a bunch of tackles, it looks like, Mm -hmm. in the first round next year. Uh, So there's going to be a plenty there if that's what they want to do. I guess I'm just not as sold that they take an offensive tackle in the first round.
1: Well, it is weird because it seems like they've got, they have maybe five guys that can play offensive tackle on this team that can legit, you can throw in the game and you're not going to have to change your game plan with them in there. There are some teams that don't have two, And so they've been really, really good at identifying the tackle type and being able to make them functional NFL football players. But on the interior, that's not is not as good. Right. They you know, we don't need to get into it, but they took Josh Myers over an all pro that's out there right now. They whiffed on that. And and that happens like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not sit here, I'm not gonna sit here and throw stones because you look at any NFL front office and they'll have something like that or they're sure. kicking themselves too. But you know, that's seems like a big whiff. And it seems like they're trying to figure out that interior offensive line. And then if for whatever reason, you know, obviously Elton Jenkins is gonna be a Packer for a long time. They love him as they should. He is a you know, borderline all pro type guard. But it seems like they've been trying to replace John Runyon Jr. since he's been in the starting lineup. And <laughs> so I don't I don't really get that. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's not back. So I don't know. I don't I don't know what they do. But you and don't, I don't take a, I mean,
2: unless it's some elite guard, you're not taking a guard or, or a center in the first no, round either.
1: No, and that's yeah, that's what I mean. I don't I wouldn't. I don't think they will or would, but they've taken they took Myers high and they took Elton Jenkins high. Uh and one of them worked out and the other, you know, the jury is out on. But going back to Ted. What did Ted always do? Give me your best I'm gonna take a left tackle, give me your best collegiate offensive lineman and we'll find a spot for him and I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they went down that route of taking a tackle and transitioning him potentially to guard. but Steve like at this point and granted this always changes this always changes throughout sure. the course of the year but you look at this team, and you'd say what is their biggest weakness? I think the first thing you would point to is safety. Yes. Right? That's that's a glaring need going into the season. Will it be that will it look that way going into next year? Because do you take a safety in the first round? I mean, they took Savage last time they had two first-round picks, or one time they had two first-round picks. So uh I could see them going that way too. But the point I'm trying to make is this is a deep team. This this is a talented team, and you look at the last two years that Goody's drafted, there's a lot of, lot to like. And if Jordan love is who they think he is, they're in a great spot moving forward. So it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, getting into the draft next year. It's so far away. It's hard. It's hard to college football starts this weekend, man. The With the evaluation and, starts now, we got to get going. And oh, Bruegler dropped his top 50 yeah. today, which uh, was awesome. You know, that's It's the draft season never ends. Um, these guys are in there. the, the K state kid, BB yep. uh, played at my rival high school that I co- coached against him in high school. He's a, he's a dog. And he, I think he was like his top, like 23rd overall player. So if you have, you know, if you have two first round picks and you got a little bit of a luxury and you're just like, you know what, we're sick, we're sick of having to play whatever with our interior offensive line, just give me that guy and let's plug him in for 10 years and let's go. So
2: I, I thought it was interesting today in practice. And it was brief, uh, but it was Zach Tom at center. They took Myers out and they put Walker uh, at right tackle with Bakhtiari at left tackle. Uh, and they left Jenkins and running in there. And it wasn't, they, they didn't show it very long because I'm following along on Twitter with everybody doing play by play. It wasn't very long. And then they went back to what they originally had it. I, I think they're thinking about it and they may already made up their mind that there's a look that they're going to do, but they're not going to show it to anybody. Uh, until they come out in week That's one, then everybody's gonna be like, what the hell happened? What is this? Hey. We haven't seen
1: this in exhibition so this, games. This is, uh, I, I was talking on the Pack Day podcast with Jacob Westendorf the, earlier this week.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: We were talking about this very thing and how the Packers have always been weird with their lineups. Like Week one, they'll run out there with a group we haven't seen at all. (laughs) And everyone's like, what? So my projection was this. Uh, if they wanted to get real weird is Bakhtiari at left tackle, Zach Tom at left guard, Elton Jenkins at center, John Runyon Jr., Rasheed Walker, you know, finishing out your line that way. And it sounds like there's no way they would ever do that. No way. I I don't I don't know. They've done stuff like that before. So let me ask you, why would you put Tom at guard
2: and Jenkins at center versus just leaving Jenkins and putting Tom at center?
1: I don't know. Why do they do anything? Do something why do, different. Why do you, Why did they start Billy Turner at left tackle in the playoffs when he didn't play there all year? I don't know. No idea. Why, did they start, why did they start Jake Hansen at guard week one last year? I don't know. They yeah. just do this stuff. It's, they're weird. That's
2: true. Yeah, you got me. All right, let's talk about another decision made by the Packers. And as of right now, as we just said, things can change. But as of right now, it looks like TJ Slayton is going to play the nose and the Kenny Clark is sliding over. Do you like that move?
1: Yeah, I think any any way you can free up Kenny to to be more active and to get him in advantageous situations. I mean, he's there he's their best interior defensive lineman. He's one of the best ones in the league. So, you know, move him around and I think TJ Slayton being able to do that is going to help him. And one thing, you know, I just said he's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league and I I do believe that, but Kenny has not been I think if you go back the last really two seasons, Kenny has not really been that near all pro type that we kind of expect from him. And so I think with someone like TJ Slayton, someone with Wyatt being able to come into the picture, um, I think that's going to really help him just to be able to be that playmaker that they want him to be, that guy that can be, you know, a field tilter while, when he's out there. So I think the emergence of TJ Slayton is, is really going to do quite a bit for this team because I think TJ Slayton is, he's, he's a first down, first down run stopper who's got a little bit of juice as a pass rusher um, and that's super useful. And I think that's going to be really helpful to this team. And, you know, obviously a team that we've looked at in the past and teams that, that like to run the ball all over them. And that's the biggest, that's the fear, right? Week one, the bears come out and run for 400 yards on them. You know, who the bears obviously want to run the football. Um, So we'll, we'll find out real early uh, what that, group is all about. week two against
2: Atlanta is going to be all about running the football, too, Mm -hmm. with Algier and Bijan Robinson. That's going to be probably a bigger test than even Chicago. Chicago Chicago's about starting Justin Fields probably more than anything from him running the football. But Atlanta, with Arthur Smith as head coach, you know uh, they're going to try and run the football as much as possible. What about Quay Walker, Mr. Morley? Uh, Thoughts on what he looked like his rookie year and what should Packer fans... Want to see as far as taking that next step in his second year?
1: I mean, I thought I thought his rookie year was up and down. I thought he started slow. He he showed flashes, and uh, and that gets people excited, especially at the inside linebacker position. Um, but the nitty gritty stuff uh, of playing that spot for him, I thought was there was there was something to be desired. Um, and I think so for for year two, it's about consistency for him and eric crocker who is a, a big he's a 49ers ex nfl no player i follow him on twitter yep. he was talking i thought he was making some really good points the other day he was talking about just how how are people successful in the nfl and he was talking about the talent gap and he just brought up he's like everyone in the nfl is out of this world talented it's about consistency can you do it play in and play out mm-hmm. because anybody essentially you can run any nfl caliber player out there and, and they're going to make plays. They're going to flash. But it's what are you doing on the 12 other plays that you're on the field? Are you getting blocked 10 yards down the field, giving up a 20-yard run three times? Or are you you know, sticking your nose in there and doing your job to help your teammates and help your team? So I think with Quay, that's where we're at. He is su- supremely talented. Um, when they drafted him out of Georgia, I thought maybe they would use him a little bit more as a blitzer. And I think that is... Something that has been discussed this offseason and something that I, we will probably see more of uh, moving forward, at least I hope so, is putting him in a position to, you know, to be that athlete that can get after the quarterback as well. So I think with him, that's the natural progression that you would expect to see out of him and and for him to be a true difference maker at the inside linebacker position. And a lot of people talk about how that position doesn't matter. You can plug anybody in there and, and you're going to be fine. You know, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl a few years ago with guys, dudes, just Jags there. And, and, and to, to, that's extent, just the guy.
2: For those of you listening, yeah. you do not call them Jags, literally. No, not yeah. actual Jaguars. Yes. Just
1: the guy. Just guys, <laughs> yes. guys, replacement level players. Right. Yep. And, um, and I, I, I agree with that sentiment to a, a to a point where, yes, if you want to just kind of plug and play guys, you're, you know, your Blake Martinez's of the world, your, you know, insert any X packer in there, Antonio Morrison, those type of guys, you can go get those guys. But if you have a true difference maker at the inside linebacker position, I think that's what separates good defenses from great defenses. I mean, look at the 49ers the last several years. Fred Warner is probably the best inside linebacker in football right now. Yep, and And he just elevates that entire defense. So can Quay get to that level? where he is a true, true difference maker. I don't know. I mean, I, he has every physical and tangible to do so, um, but we will see. And so that's kind of what you hope eventually you get from him when you're going to take an inside linebacker in the top 25 that has those types of tools. So that's what I'm looking for is, can, do we see signs of that guy starting to come out in him?
2: And that's the thing. I haven't seen anything in preseason flash-wise. We've seen a lot from Ngabari coming off the edge uh, a kid they took out of South Carolina that, you know, mid-draft mid pick. Uh, played well at South Carolina, but there wasn't a lot of hype around him. But he showed flashes here and there last season, and it looks like he's building on it now. And this whole thing of, oh, we're going to take Lucas Van Ness because we need somebody to play opposite Rashawn Gary once Preston Smith is done. I, I don't know if they thought Ngabari was going to be taking that next step uh, or if he's surprising people within the organization, but that dude can play.
1: Yeah, and with, with him, the knock on him was he just didn't test well. He wasn't he's not, you know, he's like the anti Quay Walker where he didn't he didn't have the nine point eight RAS, the stuff that the Packers usually love. I think it just got to a point in the draft where Goody looked at his staff and said, this guy's too good. He's just too good to be sitting here in on day three. And with him, it's always been uh, he's a technician. And it was the same way at South Carolina where the way he would win was not really, I'm going to blow by you. I'm going to run by you to the quarterback. I'm going to, I'm going to break you down and I'm going to use my hands and I'm going to tie them together with my feet. And all that stuff is going to be so in sync that I'm hard to block. And when you play that way, you look athletic. You, when you watch when you watch inning Barre, do you think he's not a, a great athlete? I mean, the the strip sack fumble recovery that he had, Yep, he looks like a freak athlete, but a lot of that is just because he's so, he's so intentional with everything that he does. And I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but the other guy that I think um, is similar to him, plays a little bit different position is Carl Brooks out of Bowling Green. That was, you basically said the same stuff about him coming out where it's like, oh man, he didn't test that well. He's not a very good athlete, but watch him play. The guy knows how to play football. He's his hands and feet are incredible for a guy that's a rookie. He's way ahead of the curve in that regard. And it's the same thing. You do not watch Carl Brooks in the preseason and think, "Wow, this guy's a bad athlete."
2: Because no,
1: same exact same exact reason. He's he's just he's so violent with his hands. His footwork is so nice. So it's hard. It's really really hard to find pass rushers in the NFL. It's dang near impossible to find them on day three. And it looks like, you know, the Enigbare pat- looks like they found one. I'm willing to say that because he did it his rookie year. And Carl Brooks has been nothing but promising this, this rookie, his this, you know, training camp. So there's a lot of exciting stuff going on on that side of the ball.
2: With him playing that well, if that continues, Rashawn Gary obviously going to start. Preston Smith's going to start. So that's the third outside linebacker. Do you foresee a Rashawn Gary-like first year for Lucas Van Ness where he's not going to be on the field a ton, um, but they're going to work him in there occasionally uh, because I don't see how he gets in front of the other three at this point with essentially just being a bull rusher.
1: And that's exactly what Gary was when he came out. So yeah, I, I think that's the plan um, and it worked out really well for Gary. So why not um, with Van Ness? I think you hit the nail on the head with everything I just said about Enigbare and Brooks. Uh, Van Ness is not that right now. Van Ness, and again, Gary was the same way when he came out. He's going to line up across from you, and he's just going to basically say, hey, I'm bigger and athletic than most people you're going to see all year, and I'm just going to overwhelm you. I'm going to try to go through you every single play. And I think Van Ness has got some of that in him. And you see with Gary, now he's developed counters. He's developed more of his game, and he still has that part of his game where he's like, "I, I will run through 18 brick walls to get to the quarterback, and I have no problem with that. And Van Ness is cut from a similar clock. So I think they will be on the same kind of trajectory. Um, and we didn't even talk about Justin Hollins. You know, I think right. Hollins is in front of him Great too. Great pickup. And yeah, the Rams, of all people, yep. thought this guy shouldn't be on our roster. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, and, and you look at Joe Barry. And no, what, I what don't want to look
2: at Joe Barry. No, at no, 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 no,
1: no. At least think about him. I think <sighs> – So what he wants is he wants waves of pass rushers, right? And so I I don't even look at it as like one, two, three, four. I just look at it wave one and wave two. And I think your first wave is Rashawn and Preston. And then your second wave is Inigbare and Hollins. And then however many snaps you can get out of Van Ness. And maybe, you know, they haven't really put him inside. Like they talked about maybe doing with him. And we haven't seen a lot of that until... Was it today or yesterday? I think it was, was yesterday working, or today. Yeah, working with the defensive lineman. So maybe, maybe they've got something cooking there where he's going to be a you know a, a situational pass rusher from the interior. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what he does his rookie year. And I don't. It is it is crazy because of this rookie class. He's probably been. He's not been not impressive. Like there have been some rookies that you're probably you're like, yeah, that guy's probably just not going to make it. But he's not been Jaden Reed. He's not been Carrington Valentine. He's not been Wooden or Brooks or Musgrave. Like any of those guys that have flashed, you you see a little bit here and there from him. And I think they took him knowing that. Like he is a project's project. And that's just kind of the way they roll. And uh, we, we hope it works out the same way as Rashawn Gary. So to answer your question in a long way, yeah, I think he's just going to be on that Rashawn Gary path.
2: You know, you look at these practices and like today, Andy Herman, <clears throat> back of the podcast, I follow him doing, he does, I think he does the best play by play of all the beat writers. Um, and they're doing all kinds of different stuff, right? Uh, running reverses, jet sweeps, doing all this different stuff. Uh, and Andy Herman's like, boy, LaFleur is in his bag today running all this stuff. Uh, how much of this stuff you'll actually see in the regular season, don't know. Because as LaFleur pointed out, Like that, that snap the other day that hit Musgrave from center, Uh, he said, we just want to see what it looked like. He goes, and obviously that was our fault for how that whole thing played out. He goes, but then even when it did work, we didn't like how it looked anyhow. So that's gone. We scrapped it. We're not going to use that, that play anymore. We're going to move on. So they're literally trying a bunch of different stuff. But if you go back and you read everything that they kind of brought out today, and they kind of showed everybody in the media or whatever uh, that was there watching. This is not going to be a boring offense. Like they they are going to do stuff that they were not doing with Aaron Rodgers. And part of the reason is cuz they're more athletic now than they probably ever were with Aaron Rodgers at the tight end and wide receiver positions.
1: Yeah, and that's a storyline that's probably going to get blown out of proportion is oh, see this is the Matt LaFleur offense that Aaron Rodgers refused to run. Right. And and I think maybe some of that's true. But some of it is they didn't have the personnel to run it. And and Aaron can't run it the way Jordan's going to run it, you know, and it'll be whatever. But you're right. I mean, they've they've got they've got guys that are exciting. And I think they just are trying to figure out how do we get the ball in their hands? How do we facilitate this that, you know, we want Christian Watson still taking end rounds because he's one of the fastest guys in the NFL. Um, we want to get the ball to Lucas Musgrave on some of those pop passes because he is a 6'5 gazelle. So, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I think some of it is with a lot of that a lot of that stuff, they probably have these packages and they're like, hey, we're going to go over this package today. And, and it's all the triple option, you know, end around type stuff. That could be it. But, yeah, they're, they are an uh, an interesting group. You said exciting, and I am with you on that. I think they're going to be very exciting to watch. I think they're going to be frustrating to watch sometimes too because we see what it can look like. And and there is a difference and I think Packers fans need to understand that as well. There is a difference between watching a frustrating offense just because they stink and there versus a frustrating offense because you have seen how good they can be. And I think that's what we're going to get out of this Packers team this year. I think they're going to have stretches where it's going to be like a warm knife through butter. And they're just going to say, why don't they just do that every time? And then we've seen it in training camp, too. I I was talking to Andy about this, just saying, like, man, it seems like your tweets about practice are basically one of three things. It's perfect ball from Jordan Love dropped.
2: Yes, too many uh, drops. No, that, that's yeah, where I was going next.
1: Yes. Yeah. Or Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed is wide open. Great route. Love missed him. Yep. And that's the second one. And then the third one is. you know Christian Watson gets over the defense perfect ball from him 75 yard touchdown and we all go crazy. Yep. And I think like that's going to be what this team looks like especially early in the year and I think with this team what we have to what we have to do and remember is it's maybe not what this team looks like in the first 8 weeks it's what are they going to look like in the last 8 weeks. Once these rookies and young players have more experience under their belt once once Jordan gets over the, oh my God, I'm QB one. I've got to make every throw. I've got to, every touchdown matters early in his career. And it was the same way with Rogers. Yep. Anyone that lived through that, that first Vikings game, that touchdown pass, he threw to Corey Hall. uh, It seemed like a weight was lifted off of everyone's shoulders. Cause you're just like, okay, he's got one <laughs> at least, you know? So every play he's going to make is going to be scrutinized. Um He just needs to get experience under his belt where we're expecting those things. And I feel like, in, in a lot of ways for this offense, we're getting to that point where the big plays and the fun, exciting plays are still fun and exciting. But we're already almost getting used to and more familiar with hearing those from like the Andy Hermans of the world where it's like, OK, there's a few of them every practice. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be fun and it's going to be everything in between.
2: Let's talk about the guy we haven't talked about, the guy that everybody's talking about, Jordan Love. You kind of hinted at it earlier, about maybe they've figured out this whole quarterback thing in the NFL. He came out of Utah State. You had one opinion. Now you've watched him uh, a little bit here. We still haven't seen a full regular season, so obviously the opinions can change again by the end of the season on what he really is. Has your opinion changed of what you thought he was coming out versus what he is now?
1: Not really. I loved him out of Utah State. I mean, I don't know if you saw – uh, it was like at, it was like midway through his senior year or whatever his last year was, and I was like, "Man, Jordan Love would kind of be a fun first round pick for the Packers." And I got dumped on. Sure you did. be saying a
2: quarterback. You got Aaron <laughs> and Bond, They took idiot. him,
1: and I had to go find that and I just be like, "Oh." Hmm. But and then and then it's funny if you go back and read that tweet, you see like every year people talking about that. And like Ross Uglum after like year one or year two, he's like, I'm not having fun. <laughs> <I> was <laughs> like, it was like, you know, just wait. But with, with Jordan, it was a tale of two seasons at Utah state and his, his red shirt junior or whatever his last year was there. He threw a lot of interceptions. He forced a lot of stuff and it kind of put this impression in people's faces about, Oh, he's the guy that's going to turn the ball over a bunch. He's, He's Brett Favre. He's just a gunslinger out there, putting the ball in harm's way, and some and and I understand that because he did do that that year. But you go talk to his coaches. What did they all say about him? Jordan's out here playing with almost. I think it was like nine of eleven new starters. I'm Line
2: and wide receivers all changed, and he yeah. had former Badger coach Gary Anderson as his head coach. So a whole new coaching staff. We had Gary yeah. Anderson on the big show after they drafted Jordan. A lot to talk about it, and he just talked about. It was completely unfair to him, kind of the situation he got put in, but yep. he kept his head up and did the best he could with what he had.
1: But then go back and look at his sophomore year.
2: It was a beast.
1: Thirty I mean, his and, and the the intercept the touchdown interception, it was like thirty two to five. And so which guy are you getting? And everyone's talking about, oh, we're gonna see a guy that throws a lot more interceptions than Aaron Rodgers, which is fair and probably true. I think
2: actually- he'll throw more, yeah.
1: That's everybody, though, right? <laughs> but I don't think he's gonna be Jameis Winston throwing thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions. No. though, either. And I think he, someone dropped. I think it was like I don't know who it was, but someone someone had compiled all of his stats from training camp. Which one is dumb? Like it's 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 silly, fun to look at, but doesn't mean anything. I mean, they, they do red zone drills, they do all yep. different stuff. But he threw in camp. I think he threw thirty one touchdowns to five interceptions. And the touchdowns, like, whatever. But the five interceptions, keeping that number low, I actually, I think, does mean something. And, yes, some, you can come back and say, well, he threw and made some bad decisions of interceptions and the ball was dropped. Yeah, but he also had a couple of interceptions that were tipped that weren't his fault. Like, that stuff always equals out, right? But if he can come out and keep take care of the ball, like he has all training camp, and kind of be – I don't want to say game manager because I feel like that's a dirty word, but a game manager that can go out and make plays out of structure. And and every quarterback is a game manager. Like when you think of game manager, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be the poster boy of that forever and ever. Amen. Like that is who he is. But then talk about like Patrick Mahomes. 90% of the time, they're both doing the same stuff. They're hitting, the, they're hitting their open receivers. They're going where they're supposed to go with the football. It's that 10%, that 10% where Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things that just humans can't do. And it's just, it's that 10% finding that spot. How much of that are we going to get out of Jordan Love? And I think that's where we're really going to see how great can he be. Because when he came out, when he came out of Utah State, uh, the three I think the three highest quarterbacks that they that pro football focus had given a grade to on, uh, you know, out of structure type plays. Number one was Joe Burrow. Number two was Jordan Love. And so you look at him and you look at what he did at Utah State with some of that outer structure stuff, especially his sophomore year. He was doing really, really fun things when he had the pieces around him. And now he's been in Green Bay for three years. Um, he's got these young receivers with him. So we're going to see some of those growing pains, but last year Aaron Rodgers hardly practiced, right? Jordan love probably has more reps with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson than Aaron Rodgers did. So I don't think the chemistry thing, especially with those two guys, I think he's going to lean heavily on those two young guys early as the Jaden reads and the Luke Musgraves kind of figure things out in the NFL. And both those guys look like they could be absolute home run picks as well. And so the Packers could go legit four deep at, at at pass catchers early in Jordan Love's career. And I don't want to say, I don't want to say Jordan Love is going to have a Joe Burrow esque type rise or anything like that. But what did Joe Burrow have a ton of when he's first started, he had a ton of talented pass catchers and he still does. And they were also young and he grew with them. The thing that Jordan Love has young talented pass catchers, but he also he actually has an offensive line, which Joe Burrow still doesn't have. Yep. And I think I think that piece of it is really underrated and underappreciated for you know how is this young starting quarterback going to look his first year in the league.
2: I can't wait. Man, 23 is going to be fun. 24, you give all these young guys a chance to get in the weight room, add a little bit more muscle, figure out what they need to get through a full season a year with their quarterback in the same offense coming back the following year, 24 is going to be the year 23. I still am between seven and 10 wins somewhere in that area. Probably a lot of that's going to be dependent uh, on uh, the rookie kicker who they brought no competition in for that. I'm still pissed off about, but we won't do that and ruin Jacob Marley's night. Uh, wow, let's do yeah. confident, concerned and curious here on the way out just cause that's what I've done on shows forever. Uh, confident, concerned and curious going into the Seahawks game. First, let's start about what we're confident in. They've already said they're playing their starters, both sides of the ball. uh, And LaFleur said it's kind of be up to his gut, depending on when he pulls certain players, after how many series and so forth. I'm confident that Jordan Love is not coming off the field until he throws a touchdown pass. So I'm going to say he throws at least one touchdown pass, maybe two of LaFleur is feeling froggy and wanting to really build his confidence. But I'm going to say he throws at least one touchdown pass, Jake.
1: Yeah. Now you stole what I was going to say. I was going to say something like that, where it's like, I'm confident that LaFleur is going to play them until he's satisfied with what he sees. Mm -hmm. And, and if that, and so I'm confident that if he goes out uh, on that first series, throws three passes for 60 yards and a touchdown, Jordan's light, Jordan loves his night will be done. Um, So I am confident similar to you that that's kind of what they're looking for.
2: I agree. And and love said it last week. He said that we were playing until we scored a touchdown. He flat out said that's what floor pretty much told him. You're playing until you score, so you might play the whole half if you don't get in the end zone. Let's talk about concerns that we have going into this game. I'm going to just take the obvious one. It's exhibition game three. You have two weeks off. I'm concerned that somebody of importance gets hurt. That's my concern. I, I We can't have anybody of importance getting hurt in this football game. It just cannot happen. There is one person I'd be okay with, but I'm not going to say who that is. Uh, but I, I really, at this point, uh, just want to make sure everybody gets out of this thing healthy because if one of these starters get hurt, people are going to lose their minds on LaFleur that he was even playing starters in this game, even though he's not the only one. We've already seen several teams saying they're playing their starters this week. He's not going to be the only guy playing starters. Jacob Morley, concerns for you.
1: Well, you know, Andy replays his starters. Yes. They're the reigning reigning Super Bowl champs. So I'm at a point that if Andy's okay with it, I think we should all be okay with it. I think that guy knows what he's doing. Um, Yes. Injuries, that's that's a, that's a concern all preseason. I mean, Packers fans know too well uh, seeing Jordy Nelson go down in a preseason game, seeing Brian Bulaga going down in a family night scrimmage. Yep. Uh, that's just the stuff you don't want to see, obviously. So that is always a concern. You know, keep those guys healthy. Um, that is also why I was so dang proud of Zach Tom last week when uh, the New England defender kind of jumped on Jordan's back and he took exception to that where it's like, hey, man, We've got big plans this season. Don't jump on my quarterback's back, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so that's good. So I'll go a little bit different route because uh, you're you're right. Injuries need to be always the number one thing you're concerned with in preseason. I'm concerned with Anders Carlson. <laughs> and I, didn't I, want to I don't talk about it, him. I didn't I want to that, talk about the man. I don't think that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's. Um, I'm not breaking any news there. I, and you're right, Spark. I don't know what they're doing. It is bizarre to me. I do. I'll tell anything. you.
2: That's shopify.com slash special offer. He got drafted because of Basaccio who had his brother. He watched that kid girl up and has been around that kid for several years. And he told Goody, this is our guy. I don't want anybody coming in here and outdoing him and then being forced to cut somebody because he's better than my kid. We're riding with this guy. I don't want any pressure on him. I'll take care of it. That's what happened. And Goody said, Yes, sir. You're the guy, Basaccia, Whatever you want. He's the new Aaron Rodgers in the organization. So that's what we're going with with Anders Carlson. Then they doubled down this week. Ed Goody said, Hey, we gotta have patience. We gotta let him work his stuff out. Mason Crosby had a bad year. We stuck with him. We gotta let it work itself out. Basaccia comes up, says the same thing. Yeah. So they're setting it up. My big issue with this whole thing is in Jordan Lump's first year as a starter, if this kid costs them the playoffs because he misses two or three potential tying or winning kicks at the end of games, and they end up with seven wins instead of ten or something like that, because of that, I'm going to be
0: mad.
1: Yeah, yeah, rightfully so. And I think, I mean, you're probably right. And I'll say this about Passaccia, though. I That's the only reason, the only reason that I have any glimmer of hope for this kid is because I think Rich Passaccia is is really, really good. And the thing about that, though, is you better be right. You <laughs> better be right about him because
0: mm-hmm. the
1: stakes are going to be so. I mean, what? I mean, man, I don't even, I'm never mind. I'm not even going to go down that road. I'm not going to do the you hypothetical. Brought it up. You know, well, I'm just thinking hypothetical, you know, games where he misses a kick, where Jordan Love gets the team in field goal range and he's the hero and he goes out and misses a 28 yard field goal. I mean, it could be
2: week one against the Bears.
1: That's what I was going to say. I didn't want to, I didn't want to even speak that. I don't want to speak that to existence. But it could be. I mean, that's what Daniel Carr, that's what the older brother did against the Packers when he was with the Vikings. He went out, I think it was week one, right? Week one missed a game winning field goal, was cut. And so I'm concerned. I I'm concerned. I'm concerned even if even if Anders Carlson gets seven field goal attempts from 50 plus yards in the preseason game and he nails every single one of them. I'm still concerned because we've seen enough of him missing that it's like, oh man, do we trust this guy? Apparently, the Packers do. I don't. You don't. But here we are. So that's my that's my major concern, and that's that's kind of a major concern going into the season too. Did you what see the there?
2: video that was posted on social media today by one certain
1: kicker? Oh, Mason. Yeah, Mason Crosby oh, just I randomly wonder... puts out a field goal. Him kicking field goals wonder if they if that's that's tin, that, okay so tinfoil hat right i wonder if that's part of their plan too it's like hey mason's sitting there if this kid just isn't it we'll give him all the training camp we'll give him all the preseason. you know mason would come in week one like he didn't miss a beat and and be fine mason crosby is also not who he used to be i think oh. we all can acknowledge that Agreed. but if if I need a kicker to make a 30 yard field goal to win the game, I'm, I'm closing my eyes and kicking back and relaxing. If it's Mason Crosby, you know, he's going to make that. So you can't say the same branders to say, nope. the least.
2: and he's <laughs> never played in the swirling winds at Lambeau in the winter time or none of that's that. that's the
1: other thing. That is the other thing. And now we're getting all that. I don't want to hear the excuses that it's, it's going to happen because guess what? It gets happen. windy in green Bay. And guess yep. what? They also play in Chicago. It's I think they call that the Windy City. They do. uh, Maybe figure that out. Maybe figure that part out. She drives me nuts. I just the whole
2: thing just infuriates me. It's the only position on the entire roster they brought no competition in. for Well, think
1: about this. Think about this. For we gave we gave Goody his flowers. He's great at certain positions. He's been god awful at special teams. God awful. Mm. I mean, he he has drafted all of them now, right? A punter, a snapper, and a kicker. Yep. Where are the punter and the snapper again? Ellie on the team? Did they work out?
2: No. And right, right. now, Wheelan is going to win that punting job. I think there's a chance he's going to win that punting job.
1: They, so, well, I do. I think so too because they're going to save money. Yeah, I think they save like a decent amount of money to get rid of O'Connell. So or Don, O'Donnell.
2: Right, but 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 the the question then becomes: Do you want a rookie punter and a rookie kicker? Is that something you want to go down? Because that rookie punter now has to hold for the rookie kicker.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I
0: don't
2: know.
1: Here's what I'll say. What does Mason want? Let Mason make the decision <laughs> yes. and then bring him back. <laughs> I, just,
2: I mean, this whole thing with special teams, God bless Masaccio. He better get it right. All right, what yeah. are you curious about? Last question. We'll wrap up Curtin Long. What do you got?
1: Uh, I'm curious about the safety position. I think Anthony Johnson Jr. was a guy that was starting to kind of come on a little bit, and now he looks like he's hurt. So who, who's going to start? I think uh, – Andy Herman was talking about it today. I thought he brought up a great point. He's like, I think there's one lock one guy that I'm going to say for sure at the safety position, that's going to make this team and it's savage. Right. And then there's about five other guys that you could say, is this guy going to make the team or is he going to start? He could cut, he could be a starter week one or he could be a street free agent. Like that's just kind of where they're at. So I would love it if one of those guys, just took hold of that job. I mean, I think it's going to be a weak spot all year, regardless of who's back there, but I, I would at least like it. If somebody would come forward and be like, I should be the starter. Cause I feel like they've all been the same. So I think we'll Linda, with that, I think it's going to be Ford.
2: Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I think, think Barry's right. going to go back to Ford. Cause he's had Ford out there. He's played with Ford. Now they've given, Owens a lot of love. He started all the games last year for the Texans. He's been in the battles. He's seen all the quarterbacks. Yada yada yada. So they're setting it up. If they go that way, uh, as well. But I guess I I'm I think it's going to be Ford. I, I think. Go
1: ahead. I, I think Owens looked the worst out of those three of of your yep. guys yep. that could actually start. Of uh, Ford, Owens, and uh, Moore. I think I think Owens is the worst. But yeah, we'll see. I am a uh, curious.
2: Uh, to see where Zach Tom plays on this line throughout this time that he's out on the field. Will they actually put him at center in an exhibition game and send Myers to the sideline? Will they do that? Will they do Walker at right tackle or left tackle Uh, and and instead of Bakhtiari? Will we see that? Will we see some version of an offensive line uh, that is going to leave us scratching our heads and everybody else scratching their heads as far as what they're going to do going into the regular season? Or are they going to play it straight the way they've been playing it? Run out the same starting five, not change anything, uh, and not really make any substitutions or adjustments. That's what I'm curious to see. He has Jacob Morley. Follow him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Of course, Packer Report, 24-7 Sports, Pack-a-Day Podcast, like everybody uh, except me. Uh, and then you can follow me at Sparky Radio, only because Andy Herman's never invited me. I've never been on a single Pack-a-Day Podcast in my life.
1: Did you realize what? that? Put the, put, the, put the beacon out there, Sparky. I'm just
2: saying, I've never been invited by any of them. I have all you guys on. I've never been invited. Probably because no. y'all don't think I'm that good. That's all right, though. Jacob Morley, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Download Kurt Long today, Odyssey, or uh, on your Odyssey app, or wherever you download your favorite podcast at and Odyssey Sports YouTube channel as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles! <laughs>